And we are back. What is going on, people of the world? <laughs> we are back with another collaboration with Mental Warfare and the Release Valve. I am your co-host, Kyle Spain, and yet again, my right-hand man, Sean Halen. How are we doing today, and who do we have on the show? Who are we blessed with today? Yes, sir. We got another special guest here tonight. Uh, we are privileged to, um, to have a good friend with us. You know, uh, one of the main topics of discussion that uh kind of comes up a lot is parenting and um you know all the different ways that that can that can look for for all of us right so we are joined uh -huh. by someone else to um help uh give us some more perspective on some of the things that we go through and help uh, uh widen our ever broadening horizon on uh understanding of what it's like uh in the real world right so uh, without further ado, we are joined by my good friend, Jen. Hello. Hi, everybody. Welcome, Jen. <laughs> How's it going, Jen? Nice to meet you. Pleasure to have you, you too. on the show. I'm Absolutely. excited to be here. This is my first podcast experience. So. Yeah. <laughs> my daughter even asked if she could do it, and I was like, it's past your bedtime. So. <laughs> <laughs> the vibes were definitely up uh, before, we, before we got started here, but why don't you give us a little bit of your background about... Your, a little bit of your history and what you've got going on and what you and how you led to where you're at now or what led you to where you're at now sure um it's kind of a weird storyline i guess so well that's even i better. started working that's... with kids from the time i was a senior in high school so i always okay. kind of knew i wanted to be a teacher um so so yeah i was basically working at a daycare, helping run it most, most of the time, which was oh, wow. weird at that age. But, yeah, yeah. um, I guess I was just good at what I did. I loved being around the kids. I think I, cause I was a kid myself back then. So yeah. So then I went to school for it. Um, I got my bachelor's in early childhood and psychology. Okay. And then I was teaching kindergarten at a private daycare, and then I moved to Puerto Rico for four years. <laughs> so, oh, wow. and I taught awesome. down there. Yeah, it was it was an incredible experience. I taught down there. I did rescue work down there for animals, which is a whole other podcast in and of itself. <laughs> um, so I won't get into that. But yeah, I I've just always worked with kids. So then, you know, fast forward, we moved back to Massachusetts. We moved back home. Um, and I kind of like steered towards working with animals. Um, so I did that for a little bit. And then I got pregnant with my oldest, who's six and a okay. half. So things were going to change. And mm -hmm. we were trying to figure out do I want to, you know, be a stay-at-home mom? Do I want to put her in daycare? But then when the time came, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I just couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't walk away and, you know, which I understand it's nothing against kids, people who put their kids in daycare, but for me, I just couldn't do it. So yeah, I became tough. a stay-at-home mom. Um, best decision I've ever made. I can't imagine not doing it. And then through being a stay-at-home mom, and then I think my story is kind of similar to what other people went through. And during the pandemic, we mm. had to take her out of preschool. 
I found out I was pregnant with my second child and I decided I was going to, you know, do preschool at home because I had been a preschool teacher. I had been a kindergarten teacher. That was like my jam. Mm. Um, so yeah, we started doing that with, without the intention of it being a long-term thing. Uh Um, but I, you know, cause I went into it and I had this perception of what homeschooling was and we can talk about that later. And Mm. I realized during that time I was very wrong. Um, so yeah, so we continued to homeschool and we love it. So that's kind of the abridged version of, (laughs) of my story, I guess. So, Okay, well, did you learn any Spanish? Did you know Spanish before going to Puerto Rico? Or does, uh, no, or do you not learn, a lick. Do you know Spanish? Uh, <laughs> I know more now. Okay. It, it's funny. I, like, understand it better when I hear it, but I can't speak mm. it for the life of me. Yeah. And even when I was down okay. there, I have these memories of I would go to, like, the grocery store. Or I would go to, like, Starbucks or whatever, and I would try to speak in Spanish, and they would just be like, it's okay. We'll just, we'll just, we speak your language. It's oh, fine. Yes. But yes. they, they, so, they like when people try though. They, they respect when people oh, actually sure. try to, yeah. you know, get into what they have going yeah. on there. And as long as you're, you're willing, man, they, they're good sport about that type of stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, but that's yeah, the and everyone itself, I worked right? with. Yeah. And everyone I worked with was amazing, but I worked at an English speaking school. So I, I feel mm. like uh, I was kind of. Right. I wasn't forced into it the way that yeah. I think if I was yeah. under different circumstances. So mm. yeah, but yeah. I miss it, but I'm glad we're back, but I also miss it. So it's like weird. Sure. And now was it younger kids that you were teaching in Puerto Rico too? Yeah. So when I first moved down there, um, I worked as like a teacher's assistant as most people do when they first start working. Cause it was so down there, there's not really many pr- uh, public schools. Most kids go mm-hmm. to private schools. Um, at least that was my experience. Like I, you got cut off for a second there. Um, but so yeah, I taught, I was a teaching assistant and then I did, they have like pre pre K down there, which is like preschool for us. And then okay. pre K in kindergarten. So I worked all of those grades. Um, the last year I was there, I did kindergarten and it was, the best so that was a lot of fun so yeah i've always i've always worked i have my degrees in early childhood education which is like from preschool to second grade Mm. um and then they have elementary education which is like from first grade to sixth grade okay so so yeah i've always been with the little guys all right well that's cool uh let's talk about let's talk a little bit about your initial perception on homeschooling Mm. Um, so I always joke that I was like that teacher where I'm like only crazy people homeschool their kids and they're not socialized and they don't learn anything. Um, which I know a lot of people that still mention those things to me, even Mm. though they're so far from the truth. But I also had a very limited experience Mm -hmm. of like, I didn't know like many homeschool kids and Mm -hmm. um, or I didn't have friends that were homeschooled. So I only had that kind of universal perception of what homeschooling was. Um, But then, you know, 
you meet other families or and you're like oh your kid isn't weird or your kid isn't antisocial or you're like and they're just normal families that just like for me the best part of homeschooling 100% is you can do stuff whenever you want like if we want to take a tip trip to Disney in the middle of September we can do that because we don't have to you know I mean you have to do you have to meet certain criteria, but, but yeah, my initially I was like, Oh, I'm not going to do this long term. I want her to like be socialized and have friends. And that's the big thing you hear socialization, socialization mm. all the time. I still hear it, even though we've been doing this for a few years now. Um, but yeah, it was, it was so far from the truth. And I, I don't know, I guess they're cause like with anything, Yes, homeschooling, if you do a certain way, of course can be isolating to kids. Mm -hmm. But 99%, if not 99.9% of families, when they're homeschooling, they're out doing things all the time. Um, Mm. Their kids are around other kids, around other adults, and it's the least isolating, like, type of schooling in my opinion because they're you know they're like oh they're not they won't be able to function in the real world if they're not learning how to do it in school and it's like well my kids are actually out in the real world Mm. experiencing it firsthand so So, uh what situations then would uh like I mean, can you give me just like a couple of examples of the situations in the context which your kids would socialize? Because that's really my only, my only concern with homeschooling. And I do have an additional question as well. Um, but yeah, um, sure. Um, yeah, go ahead. So my kids. So yeah, as far as like their socialization, um, I'll talk about my six and a half year old because my other daughter is too. So she's kind of just like our <laughs> little mascot. <laughs> um, so, for, you know, for my six and a half year old, a typical week. So she was in kindergarten this past year. So she's going to be moving into our first grade curriculum. Um, and some people don't even do grades, but for my brain, that's just how I organize homeschooling. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. so for her, for a six-year-old kindergartner, she is doing karate. She's in dance. She does um, a half-day homeschool program, which is incredible. Um, I definitely encourage people to look into it if they have it in their areas. So basically, these women, these homeschool moms started this program, um, and you can, you it's kind of like a day program, like you drop them off. Um, you can kind of decide, do I want them to go for a half day? Do I want them to go to a full Mm. day? As the kids get older, they have, you know, science fairs, they have like drama clubs, they put on plays. Mm. Um, they have all these things that, you know, a school would typically have. So for her age, she goes once a week for half a day. Um, and she's with all other homeschool kids. So she, she isn't. Yeah, she's not being called like, oh, you're weird because you're homeschooled. It's like, oh, well, we're all homeschooled too. So it's not like she's, you know, she stands out in the crowd. She doesn't feel left out or, you know, like 
<clears throat> like she doesn't fit in. She fits in perfectly. Isolated. Right. And they, yeah, and it's incredible. Like when I brought her to do the meet and greet um, to see if it would work for her, the women there, you know, with her group, because she's in lower elementary, they were like getting out these folding, all these kids are working together to get out a folding table yeah, and awesome. folding chairs so they can have lunch. And I'm like, oh, like <laughs> yeah. they don't do that. And yeah. like, yeah. yeah, you know, I never knew how to unfold a cafeteria <laughs> yeah. table. No, there was <laughs> like, nothing awkward younger. about that at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. Okay. So yeah. they, yeah, they definitely encourage the independence. So she does that. And then, um, Sean's wife and I, who have been friends for almost 20 years now, which is <laughs> crazy to say. Um, but you know, we have our little homeschool group with a few friends and they're all around the same age. So, you know, we do things together. We go on nature walks. We love to be outside. Um, sometimes we used to do like little unit studies so the kids can learn and work together mm -hmm. or they'll just do a craft like or they'll just play together. Mm -hmm. So between extracurriculars, between her homeschooling groups, there are days where I'm like, I just don't want to see anybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're with other people all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, we need to like slow down. Just because... as much, if not more, because at a time that the kids would normally be in a classroom, like you said, you're out there in the real world doing all these things yeah, with you're other actually, people. You're getting, uh, mm -hmm. it's, like, it's like the schooling system is almost, um, what's it called? It? Uh, it's almost the internship and you're already in the field. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I mean, that's 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 a really that's a great way to uh, put it. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's really that's a really nice perspective. Um, I guess my next question is to give me a little bit more. Um, do you are you are is your family are you originally from Massachusetts? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Born and, so, and raised. Uh, so your family, oh, you have, yeah. you, your family is all there and stuff like that. And so, are you like able to yeah. to drop your kids off and? Uh, but basically, my question is, where do you get your relief from like your kids? Like, and I, my question is the reason that is a yeah, great the reason question. why right, the reason why I asked that is because, um, you know, like like the whole uh, like everyone in the world, we went through that whole COVID situation and uh, we were kind of forced in the whole homeschooling or the home, the school at home, which is a completely different context. Right. Because we were constricted and confined mm -hmm. to our house. And so mm -hmm. that was a little bit that was a little bit of insanity in itself. So that's a little bit different, but um, we're out here in Cabin Texas. Fever. Yeah, we're out here in Texas, um, mm -hmm. and all of my family's back in in California. So we don't really have much relief, and so imagining like the 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 thought of having my kids for all day. I mean, every day, as much as they get them, you know, as much as, my, as much as they, I love them, they get on my nerves a little bit, right? Um, <laughs> we don't <laughs> we don't have we don't have that relief, and so. Uh, are you able to get that relief and how do you do and how do you get that relief? I really appreciate that question because some people don't always think to ask homeschool parents that. Um, at least in my experience with homeschooling parents, I know some of them love being with their kids all day, every day, um, which is wonderful. Like I, you know, I talk to those people and I'm like, that's great. <laughs> I just, I'm not one of them. <laughs> so and that's okay too. For me, <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, 
So for me, it's, you know, my husband is crazy supportive. So like the second he gets home, you know, I'm like, tag, you're it. Like I need, like, give me, give me 15 minutes to yeah. just like sit in silence Absolutely. And you never, you know how you never realize how loud something yeah. is until it's yeah, quiet. Absolutely. I feel that like every day of my life. And sometimes um, that silence can but... be deafening too. Like when you're so used to all the noise yeah. and then you get that, it's like, oh my gosh, it's too quiet. Like something, <laughs> something's not right here. Yeah, depending <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. I haven't I haven't gotten to that point yet. That's like, good. <laughs> I still crave that quiet sometimes. You're not completely but, broken yet. But yeah, I'm lucky enough where I have... Yeah, <laughs> I have a really supportive partner, mm, and I awesome. think if I didn't have that, I don't think it would work. Um, yeah, I think you have to both be in yeah. it to, like, with any parent. I mean, and like, they say it takes a village. Right? It takes two to tango. Well, they say it takes a it yeah. takes a village now, like because hundred percent because depending does. on the personality of your kid, um, it they can be a couple of handfuls in themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes mm-hmm. it takes an uncle, an aunt, a couple of uncles, a couple of aunts, grandmas and grandparents, grandparents, and, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, to mm-hmm. to kind of to kind of get that type of relief. <clears throat> um, yeah. And we're, like I, I I'm lucky enough where, you know, my in-laws are, you know, 35 minutes okay. away. My parents are 30. We're kind of like in the middle, like they're 35 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Um so like you know sometimes my oldest will go and do a sleepover or um you know set up a play date Mm -hmm. and you know just drop her off at my parents house um but i also one thing that kind of keeps me sane is my youngest still naps thank god hopefully (laughs) for a little while longer um so during that time while she's napping my oldest even though she's almost seven, she'll go and have rest time. So it's like an hour or two a day where I'm like, okay, you can play a game on the iPad or you can go and, you know, make crafts in the basement Mm -hmm. or, you You know, go and do something. I have two girls. Yeah. Okay. So that, you know, that time in the middle of the day is how I stay sane. Yeah. Um, whether I choose to do, you know, get some laundry done or do chores or, you know, do the dishes, whatever, or I will just sit there and like read a book or, you know, sometimes I fall asleep, you know, like, especially this last week when you, like, I've had a sick kiddo. So it's just been like, you know, overdrive on everything. So so yeah, it definitely it definitely takes a village. I think for some people it's hard like for you because you do live out of state. So in those cases, you kind of find your family away from home. Um I know that's how I, I didn't have kids at the time, but that's how it was for me when we lived, you know, a 3-hour flight away from our families and you find that village and for me those are my fellow homeschool moms where even if we're with our kids we're like okay go play in the sprinkler we're gonna you know sit and talk and have some adult Mm, time so finding that balance for 
the parent is definitely a game changer Absolutely. because like I said, some people love it. They love to be with their kids 24 seven, which is great. But I just, I, it overstimulates my brain. And I, just, <laughs> yeah. I just can't do it. You got to so be able to recharge those your little battery pockets, a little bit. Yeah. Release. Finding those little Release, pockets right. of time. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, an hour, you know, while they're sleeping or like, you know, finding time to have a girls night and go out to dinner with some friends or, you know, and that all kind of stems back where you have to have a supportive partner and you have to have supportive, you know, people around you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It makes all the difference. It it really does. And and it starts with communication, right? Um, Especially with your Mm -hmm. partner, having that communication and letting them know, you know, where you're at with things, finding out where they're at with things and finding out how to approach those situations and, and finding out where that balance can be can be had, right? Um, I think that, that that's huge that you were saying about your husband coming home and, and just being able to take on, and it, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you need to just, like I said, re- reset your battery a little bit or to be able to have that time and freedom to approach all those other things that you want to get done or need to get done mm-hmm. in the way that you're that you're looking to do it instead of, trying to juggle all these other things and get that stuff done at the same time. Um, but, mm-hmm. but communication is, is so key with that. Cause, uh, you know, my, my wife and I, we are, uh, as you know, we're in a very similar situation as you, you guys have your, um, your, your co-op group together and stuff like that. But, um, you know, obviously that's not every day and you're not always going to have a, a, a break when it, you know, when, when you have things going on with the kids. So to have that, that communication with your partner and have that understanding and, and be able to have that balance of being able to tag and allow yourself that time for whatever it is, like I said, to recharge your battery a little bit and then get back to, you know, being a mom or being a wife and, and all the other things, a homeowner or whatever it is that you need to take on. But sometimes if you're, I mean, not sometimes, if you're not able to get that, that break and, and have that balance and you got all that weight just tipping on that one side, that's that recipe for disaster. That's when people are getting overwhelmed and, and it, it, like I said, a recipe for disaster. It's just a downward spiral from there. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. There have been times where, you know, my husband's had to go for, you know, a conference for work and he's gone for a week. And by the time he comes back, I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I just now I need, need a week. 24 hours. <laughs> I need 24 hours yeah. of nobody talking to me and nobody touching me and nobody asking me a question. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So, it yeah, I, I have been there. And then you also don't want to get so overwhelmed and so overstimulated to the point where you like blow up because I've, I've done that too, where I'm just like, go, go, go. Okay. And you know, in my mind, there's the list of everything I need to get done. And then, you know, my daughter's like, you know, mommy, can I do this? Can I do that? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like just give me a sec. And then I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I yelled (laughs) like, I, you know, I need, I just need to take some deep breaths. (laughs) So you also, you know, any parent whether you homeschool or not but especially for stay-at-home parents you need to give yourself first of all you need to give yourself some grace because there's no perfect parent out there but you also need to 
almost schedule your time so and prioritize your own sanity and your own mental health because like what's the quote you can't pour from a cup that's empty like you can't you can't take care of the little humans <laughs> that you're in charge of raising if you can't even take care of yourself so if you're run down and burnt out there's no way that you can parent you know your child exactly. so so yeah finding that For everyone in the world that is listening to this that is the key factor that is one of the key phrases right there what you just said and that is the almost the answer to everything that we're trying to do is that personal development and it's a part of all of it it kind of just all integrates into that personal development because if we can't be our best self we can't be our best self to the other people we can't be the best father husband or boyfriend whatever the case be we can't be that best person to anybody else if we're not focusing on our own healing and growth so hmm. uh and that's the warfare of it all right that list that you're talking about everything that we have to attack it it's overwhelming. It's exhausting. It's like, man, I just need a rest. I need to release. I need to express. You need to, you mm -hmm. need to connect with other people that are going through the same thing. Like you're having your girls' day, or or the uh, the sprinkler party, or whatever it is. But you're able to mm -hmm. to talk about, you know, how hectic things have been on a daily, or just like, oh my goodness, and they're saying, oh my goodness, my day has been hectic too, right? And they're just like, oh my goodness, I thought I was the only one internally. Right, it's just like right. Exactly. right. It's like man, and you get that release. Right, it's like oh, okay. But I think too, like, and I don't know if you guys, I don't know if fathers experience or feel the pressure as much as mothers do. That could be like, you know, a totally biased thing to say, but I feel like there's so much pressure on moms, especially. All, all moms, stay-at-home moms, working moms, where you have to put your kids first. And it's like, if you don't put your kids first, you're selfish. Hey, and the like, state of mom. You know, how hey, you... okay. Yeah. Hey. And it's like, you... Okay. You're... Right and you're taught <laughs> that. Like, I've always had this in my mind. Yeah. Like, if I try to do something for myself, I'm selfish. If I'm not mm -hmm. putting my kids before me and, like, and that, it's not that I don't put my kids first, but if I, like you said, if you don't, if you don't take care of yourself, there's no way you can take care of anybody else. So I think for mothers, especially, or stay at home parents, it's so important for the people around them to really see them and see what they're going through because they might not always want to communicate that hey i need a break yeah. because they have it in their mind well ugh, i'm being selfish i need to just get over it and i need to you know what do does what that I'm look like if i and... if i say that i can't mom if yeah I, if i'm not yeah. capable right. of being a parent yeah. right now yeah, yeah. what does that look like you can't human it's, it's tough. Yeah, you can't yeah, even yeah. human when you get to that stage yeah yeah exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. you just become so overwhelmed you know what i was uh yeah i was blessed in hindsight and i'm, I'm definitely blessed but blessed to have uh to have had that experience um my situation kind of my the roles in my household which in the whole pandemic right because i was a basketball player and during during covid basketball uh, at least my league wasn't wasn't playing and so mm -hmm. um my wife ended up getting a bartending job and i ended up becoming a stay-at-home dad 
you know, waiting for everything to open back up. And uh, let me tell you, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was a, a newsflash. It was, it was like, whoa, like this culture show. Culture. It was, oh, it was a lot. It was, and even to, even, even, you know, to this day now, I, uh, I train at the Y, I'm a trainer at the Y, but uh, I have my kids a lot. You know, I, I have them a lot. And uh, I guess that was where that question was derived from. It's just like that, that not having that sense of relief when needed. Because it's like, I can't even think about homeschooling them right now. First of all, we already did it through the COVID and hated it. Like, it's like, oh my God. It's, it's like, <laughs> what is this? It's like, like, we're right. It's like, we got, we're doing a, figuring out the whole homework, the whole homework thing. And it's just like, like, we're at the teach. We're, we're, we're basically the teacher. Right, we were having to teach our kids and help them with their homework. So it was like double duty. But it was very different. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. So, it was nothing. I'm not saying it has anything to do with Because right. it's like there's virtual. Oh, virtual, right. Like the virtual yes. homeschooling compared to actual homeschooling. I like can't even. I mean, I know Sean went through it with his stepson. Like you, they're in front of a computer all day and then you're trying to like, you know, yeah. like finagle. Like, okay, you need to do this. You need to do that. Okay, what do we do? Like, yeah. It's, okay. It's a whole other okay. beast when it comes to virtual. Okay, schooling. well that's perfect then. How come? How uh, if you can give us a little uh, perspective of what a day in the life of homeschooling looks like? Where, how does that work? If it's a, if you're uh, is as far as the difference between virtual learning and homeschooling, what would you say the difference is? So as far as I mean, it's. Like I said, it's like two completely separate beasts. So if you look back, you know, what most kids did during the pandemic that were doing school on the computer, at least this is, you know, I would watch my nieces because my sister was a teacher at the time. So she's trying to do her own virtual classes. Mm -hmm. And then she has two kids that she, you know, needs help with. So... I kind of watched my nieces during periods of time during the pandemic. And I watched my niece who was in first grade, I believe at the time. And she's sitting there in front of a computer and the teachers did their best. Like I, a lot of people are like, Oh, you, you're anti-school because you homeschool. And I'm like, that is the furthest thing from the truth. Mm -hmm. I think, Schools are amazing. I think teachers are underrated superheroes. Like I could talk about that all night, 100%. but, but they're, you know, for kids that are virtual schooling, like there were times where it's like those kids had to be in front of the computer for X amount of hours and they couldn't like, yeah, there was like no they reading. had to be seen. Right. There was no, there was no, there, there was coop. They were just, like you said, confined. Yeah. To, so they had mm. their faces, like they had to physically be seen by the teacher yeah. to make mm. sure that they were, you know, focused uh -huh. and getting their. Yeah. And that's hard in. for a kid, kid because yeah. you're in, in your yeah. comfortable place at home having to act like you're in a classroom and your teacher's not physically right in front of you. So you're in your place of this is where I do whatever I want, act yeah. however I want, where I'm comfortable and I can, you know, do all these things, but I can't. I'm supposed to be here focused on this screen thing and pay attention. And I mean, I know it was hard enough for me as a kid to pay attention in school and I was in public school. I just didn't do well in that type of structure. My, my brain 
my uh, attention span wasn't yeah. able to uh, stay up with that. So I can only imagine if it was just in front of a computer and having to sit there in, in, in all day long, like I would lose my mind. My TV's right there. I mean, I can see I my TV. Knew, I, my... <laughs> I even knew of teachers. <laughs> yeah, I even knew of teachers where they were like, you know, I wanted to do an activity where they had to like go on like a scavenger hunt around their house. And I wasn't even really supposed to do it because then they were leaving the screen yeah. and they weren't present. So it was like they weren't like they had to account for the yeah. kids and then parents who a lot of them started work working virtually, some mm -hmm. of them during that time, yeah. they're trying to work as they're trying to help their kids. Yeah. Like it was just a mess. And, you know, at least with our pediatrician, you go to the pediatrician and they're like, how much time are they spending in front of a screen? Yeah. And it's like, and trust me, I am pro screen time. I would not be able to be a functioning parent without TV some days. So yeah. it's not that I'm anti screens, but no, eight your hours kid on the is sitting in front of a yeah, screen no. for like six, six hours. That's a lot. That's a lot of so, and then getting off and jumping to another screen and doing yeah. something, you know, on there. Right. So that's, that's a lot. That's a lot right. of screen time. So, so yeah, that was kind of in an abbreviated version what virtual schooling was like for a lot of kids during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Homeschooling for us is the complete opposite. So we, I and this was kindergarten and every family is different depending on the grades or needs of the child or whatever. For us, we would do like two hours of school in the morning and that would be it. And then, you know, we would, my daughter would have extra extracurriculars in the afternoon or we would do something else. There were days where we didn't even do like sit down work. We would go to a museum or we would go, you know, on a nature walk or, you know, our, our backyard is woods. So we would, you know, go explore in the woods. We very, we, you know, you think about kids in a classroom and I was a classroom teacher. So like, again, this is the norm and they're doing great, but I just couldn't picture my child sitting in a classroom for X amount of hours a day when they thrive when they're outside. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my daughter can go outside and be like, Hey, that's an oak tree or, Hey, that's a like you, you know, said, stink bug like or, Hey, that's a field. pileated woodpecker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, so yeah, for us, like the world is our classroom. We get to go out into the world, whether that. it's the beach, whether it's a museum, whether like we've gone to local farms, we've talked to, you know, local business owners, so many different experiences that if she was in a classroom, she wouldn't get to experience. Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, and people don't always see that they either think oh well she's not doing anything with her she's not you know she's not going to be able to read or write or you know tell people her name <laughs> but yet my child can be like you know oh my gosh that like her favorite artist is vincent van gogh for her sixth birthday we had a starry night cake so nice. you know if she was in school, she may not have experienced or, you know, been exposed to that because mm -hmm. we do artist yeah. studies and we, you know, do music stuff. And 
it's just it's so different than what people perceive it as of like either you're sitting at a table you know drilling stuff into your kid's head and in the homeschool world we say like you it doesn't have to be it's you don't have to do school at home like mm. take the public school and bring it at home you have to make it your own and for for some kids they thrive on that they thrive yeah. on sitting there and being able to you know do their work and write stuff down mm-hmm. and use the resources other kids like like you were saying you had a hard time sitting still in school yeah. for kids like that making them sit in a desk is not going to help their learning exactly. like those types of kids need to move their body or they need to be outside and breathe fresh air and you know learn things in a way that's interesting to them because when when you're in a classroom i mean to no fault of the teachers they have so many students right so they have to generalize the way that they teach these things but when you're able to do homeschooling you're able to kind of personalize it and customize it to their natural interests you know, if you you have a, a kid, for example, you know, they have the worksheet and they have to, they're doing math on there and it's hard for them to look at all these things that they have to count. But if you can go outside and make them count sticks or something like that, you know, maybe that's a little more interesting mm-hmm. to them and it's a little more hands on and they're able to pick it up a little bit easier. You know, it, you're able to find those different ways mm-hmm. that works best for your kids and, and, and base your teaching around that. Yeah. Whereas it, when you're in a classroom, oh, you can't 100%. exactly, you know, customize it to every single child, especially the older they get. Uh, you get more and more students coming through. You just can't do it. Yeah. And that's hard, too, because as a teacher, you know, they tell you you have to differentiate instruction. You have to differentiate. You have to differentiate, which means, OK, if a child comes in, like you said, and they're not grasping this concept, you have to tweak mm. it so that every child understands. But what teachers are facing now is you have classrooms with sometimes like 25, 30 kids. And it's like they're overwhelmed, they're underfunded. And like you said, to no fault of their own, they are trying their best. Not help these kids yeah to do to do right by these kids and i mean it's not it's not a good time to be a teacher i mean they they went i've had this conversation with countless teachers i have family members neighbors friends that are teachers and they from multiple people who don't even know each other have all kind of said the same thing to me. And they're like, we went from being superheroes during the pandemic and now we're being, you know, hung out to dry Mm. for various reasons. So, you know, I feel, I feel lucky that I have the ability and the capability, the capability to homeschool my kids. Like, you know, whether it's financially or because a lot of families, you know, because some people will be like, well, everybody should homeschool their kids. And I'm like, well, you're I guess you're speaking from a place of privilege because not everybody can. Not homeschool not, and I love and I love how you I love I love how you brought, how you brought that up, uh, because um, I was going to add my question was going to be obviously it'd be a question that you wouldn't wouldn't have the answer to because you have a girl 
and you not to say that you have a girl because if even for a girl, let me take that back. I guess per uh, personality actually plays a huge part mm-hmm. in whether or not you know. Because I'm, I'm speaking for myself, and my son is is what like Sean describes. He's wild, which is why I love what you're saying too. Because like I'm starting to th- second th- second guess or second second think. We're giving a second this home. Oh my gosh! Giving this homeschooling a second thought. <laughs> I get what yeah, you're giving saying. Giving this homeschool a second thought because my son, a uh, very intelligent boy, um, but he's got that those ADHD symptoms, and he just needs to be able to get out and stuff like that. But do you think that would be uh, something challenging for a parent that's trying to homeschool as well? So a lot of families that I have met. So it's a, it depends on the severity I guess so I know families who their kids have ADHD their kids are on you know have autism they have learning disabilities they you know neurodivergent stuff going on um and they've actually pulled their kids from school because when it comes to special education and again I'm saying this from my my friend's experience, I've never directly experienced, but I see what my friends go through. And especially when it comes to kids who are on IEPs, who are on 504s, which they need special, they have specialized education plans. That makes sense. Um, It's an uphill battle. They have to fight tooth and nail to get accommodations Mm -hmm. for their kids. Um, And it's heartbreaking. So, a lot of those people, depending on what's going on, will pull their kids out of school um, and homeschool them. But what some people also don't understand is even if you homeschool your child and they still qualify for um, OT or PT or speech therapy or anything like that, they, the public school has to provide that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even those people who are pulling their kids because they're like, listen, my kid has ADHD. They cannot sit. They're not learning in an environment that's conducive to their learning Mm -hmm. style or whatever it may be. And they're like, I'm pulling them. And they either do, you know, because there's a million different styles of homeschooling as well. So they might be like, all right, we're going to do some unschooling or nature-based schooling. And we're just going to, you know, let our kid run wild. But they're not actually running wild because their child is learning something as they're moving their body. Yeah. So kids. Okay. So, yeah, it's. Yeah. So. I feel like I could go off on so many tangents about that, but, um, so yeah, I think for a lot of parents, like, let's say if your son was diagnosed with ADHD, you're like, listen, he's not learning to the best of his ability in a classroom setting. You can say, Hey, we're going to homeschool him. Um, but if he qualifies for services, the school has to provide it. Um, and most kids I've met that have that are neurodivergent who homeschool, they're thriving yeah. because they're learning in a way 
that's conducive, that works yeah, for that's them. conducive to their situation. No, I love that. Thank you for providing yeah. that because that provides a lot of perspective. And in the way I was perceiving it would be <clears throat> a challenge, but it's actually more beneficial because they're getting that individual attention. They're getting that special need and that special education that they that they actually need. And they're getting that, like you guys talk about, they're getting that release. They're not, because you think about, like, let's just talk ADHD because you were saying your son mm you know, has a hard time sitting still and stuff. So let's picture a child with ADHD in a classroom. So they're sitting there. And again, this isn't a blanket statement. I know there are teachers out there who accommodate incredibly for kids, Mm -hmm. but you can't, they can't always do it. So a child with ADHD is sitting in a classroom and instead of focusing on what they need to learn, they're like, okay, I need to sit still. I need to not exactly. bite my nails. I need to not, you know, yeah. like... You're thinking about all the things that you're supposed so to be doing on... right. And then sometimes when you're when you're so focused on what you're, tr- what you're supposed to be doing right and pay attention and make sure I write notes or whatever it is, <laughs> then you, you get called out because you, you're not actually paying attention to what they're saying to you. Or sometimes they'll call you to ask mm-hmm. a question or something like that. And like, man, I, you know, I wasn't paying attention yeah. and you can then get perceived as a, uh, a behavioral problem and a distraction for the other kids in the class Yeah. or disruptive, um, to, to everybody else. So if you start getting negative attention because you're not able to pay attention, then you start feeling like there's something wrong with you and that you are a mm-hmm. problem. And if things aren't working out you're getting in trouble because you just are having a hard time focusing then you, like I said, you start feeling like you have something wrong with you, and that can have some long-term negative effects in itself. That's heavy. Oh, for I'm, sure. I'm, I was actively, uh, my son, we, we tried to get him tested for ADHD, but um, they, he didn't have enough of the criteria. He didn't, so they were like, no, he doesn't. Uh, come to find out that he just, you know, I told Sean about this. Uh, he has a tongue restriction, and uh, he's tongue-tied, mm-hmm. and so it... Uh, it restricts it or it makes my mouth breather and he can't sleep. And because of the lack of sleep, he has ADHD symptoms. But because he had ADHD symptoms and he wasn't getting enough sleep, that would carry over in the public school. And those similar situations would happen. Like my kid, listen, Tyson is my son's name. He is actually one of the, our teacher told us that he was one of the, probably the top student in the class. While dealing with ADHD, well ADHD symptoms, right, and so that just like that just you know I'm grateful to say that, but that just you know lets me leads me to believe that there's more potential for him. It's just uh, it, different, possibly it, different avenues it, that can it, be taken exactly to actually exploit all of his skills and his you know his attributes, and so that might be an mm-hmm. avenue, like you said, that might be able to be taken in order to for for his per- personal development right for his growth yeah. and and uh, you know what was on most of my report cards growing up sean is very smart you know all these positive things but it was always at the bottom socializes too much <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they would have all the all these compliments and all these things you don't socialize in school yeah i was like because i that's I, my, I gotta that's talk Tyson. to somebody that's man. my son my son is like yeah. he's he's hyped to go to school not to learn so he can so he can chat it up with his boys 
Like, but exactly. it's built with his people. Yeah, that, that's, that's where all the homies great. are at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where all my people are at. Oh, yeah. my. That's awesome. That's uh, Thank you for yeah. that, Jen. That's... But a lot of the time, it's so interesting. So if you do a deep dive on, like, the famous people of the world, whether it's famous authors or famous artists or composers or actors or whatever you'll find that a lot of them were problem yeah, kids yeah. or they Socially were stupid awkward. quote unquote or you know they had an inability to learn and things like that yeah. because the thing with kids that are neurodivergent is they think outside the box because they they have to accommodate for themselves because they're learning in a different way you think about someone who has dyslexia yeah. Like they're constantly adapting and accommodating their themselves and they're they're changing the way that their brain works. They're, you know, creating new Top neural words. pathways and they're Programming. learning new ways of doing mm-hmm. things. So a yeah. lot of the time those kids that have ADHD or whatever, autism or whatever it may be, they're so smart. But because of those quote unquote trouble behaviors, they're not being seen for what they really are. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for me, whenever I see a behavior in an adult or a child, and maybe it's my psychology background, but I'm there's always a reason for that behavior. (sighs) And it's like, okay, if oh my goodness, I (laughs) I will. I mean, that's part of the connection, right? Because I'm a psychology, uh, I have a bachelor in psychology as well. And that's just kind of something. I knew it. That's kind of just something. something, I was waiting for you to say it. It's kind of something that, you know, me and Sean, that's where we actually connected with. It was just a different level of thinking when it comes to uh, behavioral, uh, human behavior and the way people think. And that is exactly, and I hate to cut you off, but that was just a, a, a gem because ever since ever since starting this podcast has even more so allowed me to to when I see somebody and they're like having a bad day like when we talked about Sean in a previous uh, episode of like uh well how's your day going and it's like okay whatever obviously they're going through something but there is a reason as to why they're going through something and a lot of us have childhood trauma so it's allowed me to become a lot more aware of like what are they going through what's their warfare they're dealing with mm-hmm. something are they feeling alone like they're like they need some love probably well everyone does and it makes you yes it makes you more empathetic yeah, and i feel exactly. like especially in a world the world we live in today there's such a lack of empathy for anybody and that's the problem. who thinks differently than you who looks differently than you who does things that are different than oh, you mm-hmm. like and again, that Votes stems back to like, like, oh, I'm weird because I homeschool or, you know, like you're weird because you decided to be a stay at home dad. Like dads don't do that. Like, so it's like, but people don't see there's always more behind somebody mm-hmm. than what you see on the surface. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah, absolutely. Whether you're talking about an adult or if you're talking about I'm, a child. If my child oh my the, is having a temper tantrum, there's a, there's reason, a, reason, there's a reason for behind it. Absolutely. It. And 
a lot of people, like I just saw somebody today on Instagram post something and they were commenting about how they disagreed with this certain parenting coaches, you know, approach to tantrums. And this woman was like, you know, if your child's having a tantrum, just ignore it. They'll learn that it doesn't work. And it's like, no, what that teaches them is to stuff their feelings down Mm -hmm. because if they show or express their feelings, whether they're good or bad or little or big, they'll get ignored. They're not going to get acknowledged. Mm -hmm. They're going to get ignored. Um, and that's, they're going to not show their feelings. And that's why we're, the world is jacked up as it is right now, because that's where the root, that's where it starts the root, right? We all, have been through or a lot of us have been through that type of subconscious trauma that's led to the programming into adulthood and the cycle Mm -hmm. continues to repeat itself and because we're not feeling good within we're projecting that out to everyone else and we're talking that's why we're like okay well you're homeschooled and uh you're short and you're tall and uh you have big ears and you know and that's why we're very judgmental Mm -hmm. because it's really just it's really just a reflection of what the heart is and a lot of people are unaware of that but that's exactly what this whole thing is about it's mental warfare and being able to release to get down to express how you're feeling because if we can't do that then we can't grow and heal and now we're we're built up and now we're 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 um we're projecting that on displacing and projecting that onto other people when Mm -hmm. at the very end of the day is the healing that needs to be done within so we can all grow because i mean otherwise we'd have more empathy it's the lack it's the lack of knowledge, and that kind of like just brings me back to what you said about experience, Jen. And you're talking about how your kids are able to experience a lot being homeschooled, and experience has become one of my top keys of life because experience is knowledge, and within experience, you create memories, and memories is all that you have to take with you. So experience as much as you can. That's what life is. Right? You know, it is. That's what Mm -hmm. that's right. You want to be able to experience the most that you can. And so to being able to to do that is just gonna help the development of your child. And so um I love that. I love that. I loved everything. Yeah, and going back to like you saying, you know, you're creating memories, like something I always try to remind myself, especially on those really hard parenting days, is you know, we talk about how you know, especially our generation, I feel like is becoming more open about like, oh yeah, we do have childhood trauma, even though like yeah. it doesn't have to be extreme, but it, it in some way, yeah. right? And we're trying to break that cycle. And like, we have memories of childhood that maybe weren't great yeah. or, you know, you wish were different. And like, I always think on those hardest parenting days, your kids are creating their childhood memories right now Mm -hmm. like today you know i could have created a childhood memory for my kids that they could then remember and you know like i said there's no perfect parent but having empathy having understanding giving yourself some grace and like you know just thinking putting yourself in someone else's shoes at least trying goes to go such a long it's, way it's at least that's that effort yeah. right that taking but that initial having step that, yeah 
having that understanding that that somebody whether you understand what they're going through or not just having the understanding that they are in other shoes they're not in your shoes right and, and something about you know that we lose track with with uh the adults that we come across in the world is that they were babies that just grew up yeah they're not just people that just sprouted the way that they are. They yeah. just popped up. We're That's still children. Like, we're, 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 all still chi- children. we're still children. We're all still going through things, whether it was something that happened a long time ago and we never healed from it, or it's things that you know just happened earlier today and yeah. we're still not over it. We're all still going through things. We were all babies that just grew up <clears throat> and had the life experiences that we had that led to us to where we are now. To our programming, and it's just, and how we think, and how it, we feel, and how exactly. we operate, how we respond so to things. If you can have that self-awareness for yourself to realize that, you, like you said, Jen, that you are human, give yourself some grace, and realize that other people are human, give them some grace, realize that they have some things going on too, and not be so reactive with each other yeah. with every little thing that goes on. Everyone's entitled to their own feelings and emotions. You go through what you go through and you're feeling how you feel because that's what you're feeling. And if once when, if people start to understand and grasp that, you know, because at the end of the day, if you if you're feeling some type of way, right, about whatever it is, and you go to Talk about that with somebody. You want them to understand you, right? So it's a two-way street, right? That's why so, you're opening up. Exactly. So give that somebody, give somebody that same grace, right? It's like give them an opportunity, you know, to to express and get what's on their chest out because they're actually feeling something. Because we're all going through mm-hmm. the warfare at all, mm-hmm. and that's why we're here. Remember, the warfare is every day on a daily. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And getting that opportunity to release is what is the most important. What this is all about. And so, and the fact that you want to take a step to share those feelings, because I feel like that's like the first step yeah. in like oh. the recovery. But, but I was just gonna of, say that. You know, I was just gonna say that same thing. Yes, but God. that's but that's the issue with the world that we're in now. We're in a world that doesn't allow that. Is to why we're all shelled up in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. So because the world is hurting. Everyone is trying to hurt hurt people, hurt people, right? So everyone is trying to hurt people. That defense mechanism. Right, exactly. It's just that shield that gets put a, a, up. Exactly. And so that's that shield that's a little, um, immediately, it's an automatic thing, right? Because this is the way the world mm-hmm. works. It's the way society hey, society has presented itself. This is what we're, the world we're living in. And so those, yep. that's, those are the rules of society. And because the, that's the, our programming, like we can't, we can't, we can't, it's hard for a, a lot of people to take that step. Without feeling judged or feeling like somebody's going to do with some, something with the information that they've been given. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like I just gave you my feelings like this is all of me in a nutshell. Like, please don't don't do anything crazy with it. Right. And so that's that. Yeah. That's that's that vulnerability towards that. That's, yeah. kid, that's being vulnerable. But because it's tender because right. we have that, that shield Absolutely. up, that guard up. What's behind that shield behind that guard gets soft. Because it's not being toughened out by exactly. going through, you know, it being expressed or anything like that. So, again, yeah, I think we talked about this last time too, Kyle. You're not always going to get back what you're looking for when you open up. But if you can stay consistent with yeah. that for yourself, yeah. you're going to come across those people that do reciprocate that. Yeah. That's what they needed was somebody to kind of show them that, that way, baby step them to that bridge, that kind of bridge of healing, right? And... and show them it's okay to meet me here i'm here i'm opening up this is what i have going on 
you can come here too and it's okay. Absolutely. It, because if you don't take that first step, you know, one, it's just better for you to, to be able to do that and, and for your own reasons, right? But again, if you're able to do that for other people and show them, well, it, it becomes that, that addictive thing absolutely. where you know, they, and, they want to do it more and more. And I, and I want to piggyback that because it's not, like you said, it's not just doing it for yourself. It, it's a chain reaction, right? Because if you're, if you're, if you have enough courage to go out and be like, all right, well, if I talk to someone, I'll tell them a little bit of my story. That 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 bridge that you're connecting with somebody is just gonna it's gonna be like you said, contagious. You know, everyone is just gonna be like, okay. And then now we're building those connections, and now everyone else is starting to be able to express, get the things that they're getting off their chest, and being able to connect because that's what this is all about. It's about exactly. connecting. Like what you just said, what we talked about, and your, our kids yes. are gonna look at yes, that. And exactly. That's and gonna the, be a part of their program. And they say, Absolutely. yeah. So it's like they don't have to, as an adult, hopefully, our kids won't have to grow up and say like, and learn how it, to express it, yeah. their feelings. And I always, you know, because there are a lot of parents out there who, you know, maybe un unknowing to them dismiss their kids feelings and like it's not it doesn't come from like a place of malice right. they're not a bad parent but you do it unconsciously you're so almost. caught up so with it's what like, you have your right. kid is yeah like your kid is crying and you're like you're okay right. you're all right don't you know stop crying yeah. you're fine and it's like well why are they crying? exactly and well, Kyle you know, said that last like, time. I believe we, we, that. we did. We did. We we it, talked about that. That, that, son, that literally yeah. piggybacks. That literally piggybacks. Um, you know, just not just with adults, right? Who have feelings and emotions and dealing with their own things as well. But it's like you talked about with kids being. And I love that you're in. You know, early childhood development because that is the root. It's like we're so dismissive of what our kids are feeling because we're going through a lot. Uh, a lot more bigger. We have bigger fish to fry, right? Well, we're going. We have this, our checklist, like right, you were saying. We exactly. have all those we're checklists. Doing, we're doing they don't have that right, checklist. Right. Their checklist <laughs> is a lot different from ours, but they still have a checklist. Exactly. Right? I need to yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> Number one. Yes, that's, that, that, exactly. But that's still the, their warfare. That's their warfare, right? Uh, I need that's their snack. warfare, exactly. <laughs> right? Because it, we don't view it that way. We think that it's not a warfare. Like, you guys don't exactly. understand. And it, that's their version of it. That's exactly. where they're at with it. Their emotional intelligence, their EQ isn't as high as ours. So yeah. their their warfare is just as big in their world, if yeah. not bigger. Exactly. Exactly. And their little brain... I always say this to people. And I said it, you know, especially when I was teaching. And this was before I was even a parent and now as a parent, I want to like get a t-shirt that says it, but it's like your kids' brains are still developing. Yeah. Like they don't have that emotional self-regulation right. yet. Right. They don't so have I that. feel like a lot of the time, it. no. And a lot of the time, you know, it's like, Oh, well, you know, I'm allowed to yell at you because I'm the parent and you're, you know, pissing me yeah, off yeah. or whatever. And it's like, but they're not allowed to get mad at us because that's disrespectful. And it's like, yeah, what are we teaching? Yeah. You have to give respect to Absolutely. get respect. I love that. It goes the same way with your kids. Mm. Like, 
and again, I am not a perfect parent. There have been times where I have blown my lid because of, you know, you're overstimulated, you're overregulated, whatever, whatever it may be. But if, if we want to teach our kids to grow up and be able to express their feelings and be able to stand up for themselves and what they believe in and, you know, raise confident, secure kids, you have to teach them how to be emotionally regulated. Yeah. And I feel like our generation didn't really <laughs> have that. So now we're trying to figure yeah. out. It's a generational adults, trauma. Yeah. We're trying right. to, we're trying and it's to like, break you know, We grew up and it yeah. was like, yeah, like I grew up and, you know, I, I had a great family and like, you know, I was given a lot of opportunities, but like I was always the sensitive one. You're too sensitive. You're being too emotional. Like, and by saying that to a child, you're telling that them okay. that their emotions are yeah, invalid. They're not okay to feel how they're and feeling. And then as mm-hmm. I grew up, I was shoving my feelings down mm-hmm. or I was trying to hold it in. I let people walk all over me. And, and then the times that you now, do release it, it's usually an explosion of those feelings because they were so suppressed for mm-hmm. so long. Yeah, and then I decided when I became a parent, I got this like wave of confidence and I was like, you know what? Especially as a mom of little girls, like I'm like my daughters are not going to get you know told they're too sensitive mm-hmm. or you need to be quiet or know your place or like all of those things like kids need to be seen and not heard and like all that stuff. And I'm like, no, you're, you're, you're a full blown human being, whether you're one, whether you're six, whether you're 25, you are a full blown human being and you deserve to take up space in this world. Absolutely. And people who have, who are like, you know, that kid needs to shut up or that kid needs to be quiet or that kid needs to stop crying. How would you feel if someone said that to you? I don't care how old you are. Mm -hmm. Like, they're allowed to show their feelings the same way that we're allowed to. And honestly, kids often show more appropriate, you know, self-expression and sharing their feelings than a lot of adults I know. So it's like, we have just as much to learn from them as they have from us. But going back to, you know that release that, you know, the constant warfare that you might be facing, we need to take everything that maybe we weren't given and what we've learned so that the next generation isn't so emotionally stuck. We have, (laughs) Sean, we talked about this before, right? With our parents and the generations prior, it, like you said, Jen, we need to break that cycle like of mm-hmm. like just I mean we're we live in a world and it's kind of there's give and take you know with the whole social media but there's a lot to learn from from the aspect of being able to to be the best to be what you want to be to do what you want to love and make money from it to be to to, to make to, to make a living out of it and so being able to do so and just having this awareness and being able to pay more attention to our kids it's vital and being able to break that cycle because otherwise, it's just going to continue cycling itself out. I mean, cycling through, and uh, because a lot of the world is we're asleep, 
right what, what you're saying right now is, is a lot of people a lot of people aren't aware of and even this is mm-hmm. still like I'm, I'm, I'm con- continuously to, to learn every day it's a learning experience for me being a student of life that's what I've been trying to do right and, and being in doing so I'm been, I'm been able to take what you're saying and now I'm going to apply some of the things and the gems that I've learned with my parenting because that's what this is for we have kids so we can develop them in a way that they feel they can be their best self and survive in the real world. And a lot of us are distracted with trying to trying to develop ourselves that we can't even develop our kids. Right. And so um, that cycle has to be broken. That's that balance act. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we appreciate I appreciate yeah. you being on the show, Jen. That wraps up the time that we have on today. We're going to have to definitely get you back on here to. Cause it was time flew oh by. That was, <laughs> doesn't feel like it was an hour. Absolutely, but uh, I mean, I hope you I hope the people of the world were able to take something from that. Connect. I mean, that's what this this world is about. I mean, we have to connect to express so we can heal and grow. I mean, a lot of us are going through the same things and having that awareness, having that empathy, right, Jen? Having that empathy, being able to be aware of somebody else's whatever they're projecting is probably some of of some trauma some history of trauma maybe try and figure it out ask some questions i mean by nature people like talking about themselves and when people gain when you ask people questions like oh they're interested in me i mean that's just like how we're built that's what we're supposed to do i mean we this is how we are successful right this is how we're able to be our best selves is getting strategies ideas like this whole homeschooling thing is a perfect example. I'm like, oh, well, this might be able to help my situation now. This might be able to help Tyson grow. This might be better for our family. You talk right? about being a student of yeah. life. Like homeschooling is being like life is your school Absol- for yeah. sure. So, yeah. I mean, that's why I love that you said the uh, the world is the is their classroom. Yeah, that, that, that's I a mean, because, statement. I love that. Uh, and the way that we're able to put it in, right? School is the internship. And it's like you're already out there in the mm-hmm. field. And that's, I'd rather be out there in the field, right? Exactly. Because that's exactly what I'm trying to teach my son right now. Because it's a cold world, I'm trying to teach him to be prepared for that. And you're just immediately preparing him right now. And so that's 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 a great perspective. Dive in. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's all, my peoples. Go ahead, Tom. That is it. Jen, this is uh, so much fun. Thank you guys for having absolutely. me. No, thank you so much for coming on again, providing more perspective to uh, to things that I think there are a lot of uh, common misconceptions about. You yeah. know, and um, you know, you're definitely definitely opened some eyes to it. I know you open our eyes to a few things, and and my wife does a lot of the stuff that you do too. You know, so <laughs> it, you still were able to uh, to uh, sprinkle some some uh, some light on it. So I appreciate it, and uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to have you go on here again soon. Make sure you guys... Anytime. As long as my kids are in bed, I am available. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you guys tap in, share, comment, like. What is your warfare? You know, we're all going through some things. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable a little bit. Share what you got going through. We need to connect. Until next time. Thanks, everybody.